Welcome to Pop Culture on the Rocks. Hello, welcome back everybody to Pop Culture on the Rocks. I'm Anna and I'm here with Callan as usual, but super excited because we have another special guest. <laughs> it me. It's her. <laughs> Our friend Lee Allison. We've been friends with her for years. She is a fantastic friend, fantastic person. She, a little bit about her, she's a cat lady. She has two cats and she works for a really cool school in our state. And what else? I like books and murder. (laughs) Books and murder, exactly. I was going to say, I know we're not talking about The Amazing Race right now, but on this last episode, they went to Paris, France, which is somewhere all three of us have been. And then this past Mm -hmm. episode, they went to Germany, which, fun fact, Lee Allison lived there. So, welcome, Lee Allison! We are very excited to have you. Lee Allison is a pop culture buff, as we are, but she's in a different realm than we are. She's into some different things, so it's good because she always keeps us up to date on things that we are just uneducated about. pop culture nobody cares about. (laughs) (laughs) There's a segment for sure, and I'm sure some people listening will be like, oh yeah, I'm on the same wavelength as Lee Allison. Lee Allison keeps us on track with all the TikTok trends. Oh man, y'all. I'm addicted to TikTok. (laughs) I mean, if it weren't for her and then our friend Elizabeth, who was on our Halloween episode, we would have known none of the YouTube drama with James Charles and Tati. Oh man, that was drama getting. <laughs> Every episode, we talk about what we're watching. We say what we're watching, but it's more so like, what are you consuming in a way? Like, kind of like watching, listening, reading, something like that. So I can go first. I, okay, let me just start it by saying, (laughs) let me start by saying, uh, before I got married, I was not an anime person. I'd never watched anime before, wasn't really like, didn't really have an opinion either way. But Steven got me into My Hero Academia, is what it's called. Lee Allison know what's up. She's an anime friend. And so I love the show. It's fantastic. It has great character development. It's basically about all of these kids that are in high school and they all have a quirk is what it's called. So they have like a superpower and some of them are super cool and some of them are really strange. And it's almost like sky high in a sense, but way better. (laughs) (laughs) So we just started the newest season. Jake has been trying to get me on the My Hero train for a hot minute, but I just rewatch the same things over and over. So, but I've heard it's fantastic. It is fantastic. What do you watch anime wise? Um, I haven't watched anything in a minute. I've been kind of on just like a rewatching old Miyazaki movie binge Mm -hmm. um, because I think those are on Hulu now. Oh. I'm not sure where we're watching them, um, but I've just been into watching, rewatching old ones of those. Kiki's Delivery Service is like my jam and has been since I was like six. 
<laughs> um, so I've been rewatching that. Can't go wrong with some Totoro. And I really liked, oh, what was it called? Oh, I can't remember it. But like, so they were playing games and then they got like actually trapped inside the game. Ooh, that sounds cool. That was a good one. And then Attack on Titan, real weird, but I love it. But I am like a season behind and need to rewatch it to like make sure I remember everything before I see the new season. Yeah. But I think if you're like new to anime, maybe don't go straight for Attack on Titan. Because <laughs> y'all, it's, it's a real weird one. It's a trip. That's not, that's not one that you just jump into. But yeah, I enjoyed it. It's real weird though. <laughs> it's it's not a gateway one, but no. you can get there. Mm-hmm. You'll get there one day. <laughs> well, what have you been watching or reading recently, Lee Allison? I am a chronic rewatcher of Criminal Minds. I've seen mm, yes. every episode at least twice. Spencer Reed forever. Yes. <laughs> Matthew Gray Goobler is my spirit animal. Um, I'm obsessed <laughs> with him. I want to be his best friend. He's the biggest goof. So I like to rewatch Criminal Minds. I have like a sketchy website where you can see 13 seasons 13, 14, and 15 since they're not on Netflix, Ooh. Um, which is where I watch those. You just be careful not to click any ads and you're okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then a lot of YouTube and TikTok is where I spend a lot of my time. I have a small attention span, so I don't watch a lot of movies and TV shows. Yeah. So I just watch a lot of YouTube and TikTok. Shorter content, yeah. I love Matthew Gray Goobler, although his Instagram name right now, Matthew Gord Gordler, because he's obsessed with fall and Halloween and all of that. (laughs) Did you see he made a second account as well? No. Yes, he had a second fall account called Gord Boy. <laughs> or it might have been Gord Boy Magazine. But it, it, he double posted a lot. Um, so some of the stuff you would have seen on his normal Matthew Gray Goobler page. But there was a whole okay. there was a whole second account that was made just for Gord's. It was pretty fantastic. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> oh, I love him. I would love to be his friend too. He just seems so fun, so festive. Just a great person. He does. All around, so love him. Well, I have been traveling for work this week, so um, I actually had direct TV in my hotel. Ooh. Yeah, so I was, you know, every night would just see what was on and relived some things that I have liked in the past. I watched most of The Proposal. Mm. I watched some of Crazy Rich Asians and a lot of random episodes of Friends, all of which I'd seen before and all of which I love. But I was just able to wind down every night and relive just some lighthearted things that I I enjoy. Yeah, that's fun. You know, nothing new, but yeah, it's good. Good stuff. Well, what's everybody drinking tonight? I, for one, am double fisting tonight. <laughs> Uh, nothing hardcore. I got a massage today, so I'm like pumping some water. And then I am also drinking very white girl, basic green apple, angry orchard. Ooh, that's good nice. stuff. Hardcore. A classic. <laughs> what about you guys? I've got my all-time favorite. It is my lifeblood. Just a good old Diet Dr. Pepper. Yes. Yes. Just, you know, can't go wrong. It's a defining trait. Yes, it's a big part of Lee Allison's brand, Diet Dr. Pepper. <laughs> it's, it's my entire brand. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am also having a hard cider, something I've had on the sh- 
the show Ooh, we've been <laughs> upgraded to a show on the podcast before and it's the disc insider from nashville the little blondie little blondie semi-sweet southern cider yeah little <laughs> so, i love it it's good stuff well the third thing we always talk about every week is a reason why Callan and I should be on The Amazing Race. I've got one. <gasps> I've been thinking oh, about snap. this. Oh, snap. <laughs> so, I'm not a big Amazing Race person. I've never, like, watched a full season, but I've seen, uh, like, clips on Facebook. Again, I take media in in bite-sized pieces. <laughs> so, clips. And I've seen random episodes here and there. But from what I gather, you have to be up for anything and like ready for anything yeah and i think Callan and anna fit that perfectly because they are really good at like rolling with the punches and just being up and ready to do whatever ready to just roll with it and go with it and i think they'd be really good oh how sweet very sweet i love it <laughs> i need i need all of the casting people to just listen to leal yes we got <laughs> a hype woman here. i have professional opinions it's true <laughs> i mean speaking you know from my perspective i agree i think we are good <laughs> at just whatever comes along throw it at us we're ready to take it on we're not gonna say no to a challenge on there so we've even named some crazy ones like getting tattoos or shaving our heads. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Those things have actually happened on the race before. There you go. If we haven't already said it, we can say it again later. But yeah, we're up for whatever. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I think I could rock a buzz cut. Probably. <laughs> That's the one thing I'm like, I think I would do it in the Reason moment. Two. Yeah, but then like two months later, it's like golly why did I do this you know (laughs) I know it's kind of like after we do it I'm gonna have to just keep it like that forever because I don't want to go through the growing out phase gosh it's fine when I'm on there yeah it's like when you're on the race it's like oh yeah I can't I'm bald I did this for the race okay but then you get home and it's just kind of like what's happening there (laughs) you could get the tiny baby bows and just do like little tiny (laughs) on the top of your head that'd be adorable toddler sheet yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have to turn it into something <laughs> make it a trend well the allison is here for our education segment and we are very excited to learn something so lee allison what are you going to talk to us about today okay so my specialty is books yes i consume a lot of books very quickly question how many books have you read so far this year? Because you have a count going, right? I do. I think I've read 22 or 24. I always forget. I'm tr- like, I put it on my um, Instagram. Like I have a highlight. So I put it on my story mm-hmm. and then I highlight it all so I can just see everything I read this year. And at the beginning of the year, I did a lot of rereading of like some of my old classic favorites. Yeah. But I never remember what number I'm on. So I have to click through the entire highlight (laughs) and then be like, okay, I'm on this number. But it's either like 22 or 24. And I haven't read anything in like a month. But y'all, Lee Allison doesn't just read like a hundred page book. She reads a book, like a book, like a (laughs) novel. You know what I'm saying? Right. 
So yeah, well, a lot of my favorite authors, they write lots of books in yeah. a row. So this is not what I was going to educate all y'all on, but I'm going to tell y'all anyway. Cassandra Clare is on like a whole different level. So if anybody listening knows the name Cassandra Clare, like they know Cassandra Clare because she wrote, she writes the Shadowhunter novels. Mm -hmm. And so she wrote five books and then there's like a time jump, three books, a different time jump, three books. And I think there's like six or seven offshoots where it's just like short stories or like a weird time period in between. And like, they're like thick books, like last Harry Potter level thick is the the thinnest. Last Harry Potter would be the thinnest of hers. Yeah. (laughs) But y'all I'm obsessed with them. And that's on my like to be read list right now is another one of her books, the Red Scrolls of Magic. I have one book slotted in front of it that I just found and honestly bought it for the cover but the red scrolls of magic is my second in line of to be read but i might make it jump in front just to kind of kick back off my reading yeah and get me back into it but her stuff is so good y'all it's all like fantastical so it's unrealistic which i love i when i read i kind of want to escape i don't really want realism like that's boring i can do this in real life i'll just i'll go to my own coffee shop (laughs) yeah (laughs) but so she's got some characters who are immortal so even though some of her books are in victorian period and some are in 2013 you can have the same character not all of them obviously but like there's a warlock who's in just about all of her books because he lives forever and so that's really good because i also get very attached to characters in one of her side stories i've never cried so hard in my entire life wow like straight up sobbing. Yeah. It was a plot twist. Didn't see it coming. Oh, it was bad, y'all. But anyway, so she is top tier, amazing, great author. If you're looking for like a series to get into, something that you can really just kind of fall into and be in the, this one world for a long time, definitely check her out. But what I wanted to educate on tonight was Hunger Games. Whoop whoop. That was a huge thing a long time ago, I feel like. Were we in middle school when those came out? Maybe late middle school and high school. Yeah, because I feel like it was Twilight, which was definitely like middle school for you and me, Leosin, And then like after that was Hunger Games. Because there was mm-hmm. that period of yeah. time where it was like everything coming out was post-apocalyptic or something had happened. Right. Yeah, dystopian. Yes, that was very trendy. <laughs> For whatever reason. Yes. It definitely was. And dystopian trilogies are also like one of my things. I have a lot of dystopian trilogy books. So Hunger Games, uh, Think Uglies, Chosen One, Matched, all of those type books, they're all in the same like vein of dystopian, a dystopian world. Hunger Games is one of those. And one of the great ones, I would say. And have y'all read the first, the three books? Yes. Yes. I read them all. Loved them. Hated Mocking Jay. Threw that across the room. <laughs> but yeah. yes, I, I got so into the books and really enjoyed them. And then I liked all the movies too. Yeah. Same here. Agreed. So recently, 
earlier this year, actually, they released a prequel book. Mm-hmm. It's called The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. And that's what I wanted to talk about tonight because I really, really enjoyed it. And it really altered my view of the three books. Oh, okay. Hmm. Okay. So the prequel focuses on President Snow. Okay. And what is like y'all's impression of President Snow from the books and movies that y'all have read and seen? Uh, not a good one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, very... Just like an evil... Yeah, and... Yeah, um, rich kind of leader. Yeah, I think you're left with he doesn't really have compassion for most people and wants to keep the capital how it is and screw everybody else kind of thing and just, you know, power hungry and all that. Agreed from those books. This book is from his perspective from when he was literally like Katniss's age. Oh, okay. So... I can't think I can't think of him as President Snow anymore because in my head so his name is Coriolanus, right? He goes by Corio in these books, just like a little nickname like Corio. So mm-hmm. in my head he's Corio now and you really kind of sympathize with him. I'm going to give a little bit of detail but try not to spoil a lot a lot, but mm-hmm. I'm going to spoil a little bit. So Corio obviously was in um, the capital, but this is I think they have it, it's either the 5th or the 10th Hunger Games is when this is set. They, at this point, they don't have, like, sponsors for the tributes. They, like, don't send them gifts or anything in the arena. Like, they don't have Flick Flickerman, like, they don't have someone hosting it. Right. So, Corio is in the capital, but, like, him being rich is a complete facade. His Hmm. family has nothing. They are, like, eating beans for meals and sometimes not even that so you really kind of just like feel for him because they used to be this super rich family and then during the war because you remember the war is what the hunger games was started for to remember the rebellion mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. La, 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 la. during that time his family lost everything they lost everything hmm. but they're still putting on a face Like, they haven't. And the only thing really getting them any money is his grandma's garden on the roof with the roses. Like, y'all remember all the roses and everything. Yeah. So that's why the roses are so important. Hmm. But it's just, like, him, his grandma, and his sister. They've got, like, absolutely nothing. And he's going to the academy in the capital. So he is acting like he's completely normal. And luckily, they have, like, uniforms. So he's got clothes and stuff. But he, I mean, like, I can't, like, even stress this. It's, like, chapters and chapters where we're just talking about he has nothing this is embarrassing. These people have everything. And some of the people who were in the districts, but had things that were needed for the war suddenly became filthy rich. So now these district kids are in the capital and they are just, you know, rolling in money and I'm a capital kid and I have no money. So mm-hmm. it really changed, it like shifts that perspective. Some of the students get chosen to be like mentors for the tributes and this has never happened before this is like a brand new idea and so the kids in the capital are in a class and they're kind of like coming up with ideas to improve the games Mm -hmm. improve I say in quotes but to like make it more impactful like more interesting so it's also like really dark because it's like they're plotting against kids their own age right it's it's really dark there and so Corio is the one who comes up with like, what if we send them like water? 
and food. And so all they can send them at this point is literally crackers, water. I think that's it. But like the drones don't really work. It's really weird. And he gets assigned the District 12 girl. So he's like, well, dang. Because he's thinking if he can win, the tribute that wins the uh, mentor for them gets like a free ticket to college, which he cannot afford because he literally has jack nothing. Yeah. He is like trying his best to go out of his way to make his tribute win. He goes and he like doesn't break the rules, but kind of like twists the rules, finds loopholes to try to get his person to win a different, it's not super a spoiler, but we think that the girl who was chosen in District 12, it was a setup by like the mayor's kid. So that's a whole other thing. But she's really interesting because she is like a gypsy essentially. And so they sing and dance and all this stuff. A lot of the songs that are used later in the books she originally sings. So she sings those in these first books and then they come back into play later. There's all kinds of little references everywhere. They're like, oh, well, we should go over here and pick some Katniss, which is some sort of root somewhere. But it kind of has her going through the games, him helping her kind of weirdly falling for her maybe a little bit. Some other weird stuff happens that I can't get too far into without spoiling a lot of the book, but he kind of descends into madness a little Mm. bit. But I felt like there was a definitive snap somewhere some other people who I've talked to who read the book said they didn't feel the snap like I did they felt it building but I felt a definitive snap there were a lot of things coming into play to make him the way that he is yeah but it really changes your perspective on those three books having his character not be so two-dimensional bad guy as Mm -hmm. he was in the other books so I really enjoyed it I suggest everyone read it um, especially if you liked The Hunger Games. It is longer than those books were. Probably like one and a half of one of those. But it was a pretty easy read, in my opinion. I wasn't struggling to get through it at all. But yeah, that's what that was my education for the evening. Yeah. I (laughs) honestly, I mean, okay, when I I heard the prequel came out, obviously, but I didn't research it a ton, so I honestly didn't really have an idea of what it was about or who it was following. I guess I just assumed maybe it's going to be you know, some people do prequels and it's all people you don't know. (laughs) So I kind of assumed it was going to be like that. So I'm interested because I personally love when you see a villain but you see why they are the way they are I think that is so fascinating to me and it humanizes them I feel like most of the time you can feel bad for them on a certain level either because of how they grew up or you know the environment they were in what may have happened to them that turned them that way kind of like what you're talking about so I think that's interesting because I feel like in real life like it's not just black and white like good guy bad guy it's always just complex things making a person who they are and I feel like it's more realistic in that sense even though we're living in this alternate world in these (laughs) books I feel like you can relate to the people more so I think that's really cool yeah I'm putting this on my Christmas list because I wasn't sure I didn't know anything about the book either I had heard it was a prequel and that President Snow was in it but I didn't know it was kind of centered around him younger So that's super intriguing. And I feel like after reading that, I would probably want to reread the trilogy again and kind of like have it in a different 
frame of mind almost. Is that a a feeling you have? Yes, I almost did, but I had so many books on my to-be-read list. Oh yeah, for sure. I didn't get back to it, but it really did fill that dystopian hole in my heart because I read read dystopias all the time, y'all. It's kind of ridiculous. I mean, like, fair warning, like, it is dark, but I mean, Hunger Games itself was dark. Right. But this was pretty dark. I thought it was actually, it was fascinating. Definitely worth the read. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah, me too. Santa Claus is getting it for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I definitely want to read it too. It's funny because actually whenever we had my friend Sarah on here, she was talking about, or we kind of talked about Midnight Sun. And so talking about that made me want to read that. And now I want to read (laughs) this and I just feel like I'm reliving my middle school, <laughs> high school days. Like, it's just right. taking me back. It's good stuff. So, do we think they're going to make this into a movie? Hmm. They could. There's a lot that happens, though. It'd be a long movie unless they cut out. I, I'm just thinking there's, like, lots of different, not, like, times, but different places. There's lots of movement that kind of happens. Mm-hmm. There's, yeah. like... In the capital, in 12, in all kinds of different places that I can't say without getting us into real spoiler territory. (laughs) I feel like if they did it, they might could do it in one movie, but I feel like they could also get away with doing a part one, part two, like they did with every dystopian trilogy. They broke up the last movie. (laughs) Right. It's like (laughs) pull a hobbit and turn one book into three movies. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm wondering if if they'll almost do kind of like a Fantastic Beasts like series almost, you know? Mm. Cuz I feel like it's similar to where there there's some characters you may recognize, but it's a different story. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like the only people you really know from the first books in this is Corio and then you get like it's like Flick Flickerman's granddad, I think. Okay. Oh, okay. Because it's like the first year they do a TV hosting and it's something else, Flickerman. And he's like kind of like slowly getting the idea of what Flick does later. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's also interesting to me thinking about how he, I mean, obviously I have not read the book. So I'm going off of what you said. But it sounds like he kind of took the games and maybe this is my marketing side coming out, but it was like he rebranded it and like all of these kids were like turning it into something almost more modern, like amplifying it a little bit and making it something more intense. But thinking about how it was portrayed in the movies, like it was this huge spectacle, basically like us watching the Olympics, like TV host interviews, mm-hmm. the fashion, you know, all of that. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like he, yeah. I mean, obviously this is like a horrific thing that they're doing, but if you just take that part out of it, it was like he made this into something for the whole capital to enjoy and get excited about. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. And that was like the goal of the class or whatever the, that he was in was people weren't watching it. People weren't interested because it was just, I mean, straight up murder. Like there was no, nothing interesting. You couldn't really, there was nothing leading up to it. So he was the one who came up with like, we should interview him beforehand. Mm. We should do this. And he was playing to his tribute's strength because she was very captivating. She could sing and capture everyone's attention. So he was doing this to kind of play to his tribute's strengths Mm. so that everyone would you know, like her the best, but it 
it really shaped how the games work that we read about later because it was the first year with the you could send them gifts the first year that they had a mentor the first year that they had interviews the first year that really anybody could interact or see with see them before they were just thrown into the arena all kinds of other ideas came out the very first like mutt animal type thing Mm -hmm. um was kind of made in this book they already had like jabber jays and mocking jays but the first one used like made specifically for the games and not for like the war mm-hmm. um was in this book and it was kind of weird and dark and yeah interesting and he cheated some ways that it was really interesting how that played out in the arena for his tribute it was colorful snakes i'll just say that it was colorful poisonous snakes lovely it was a whole thing and they were like supposed to kill everyone unless they've smelled you and he did a tricky thing and she didn't get bitten so wow that Hmm. could be a really cool cinematic yeah as i'm seeing it now that could be real cool and she like dropped one on somebody oh man (laughs) good one one. (laughs) i'm seeing it i'm seeing it (laughs) i was gonna say i'd be happy to see donald sutherland reprise his role but i guess if he's a child he will not be (laughs) reprising his role (laughs) as president they could just benjamin button yeah yeah like figure something out (laughs) there you go (laughs) i you sold us lee allison i think we both want to read it yes absolutely so, Leosin, is there anything that you would like to plug for yourself, like your Instagram, your TikTok, perhaps? I don't know how much posting you're doing. Anything you'd like people to know about? Uh, Yeah, my TikTok is just Lee underscore Allison, L-E-I-G-H underscore A-L-I-S-O-N. Uh, I don't post a lot, but I've been redoing my backyard earlier in the year, so that was fun. Yes, it's um, looking and great. Then sometimes you can see me featured on uh, youtube.com slash chortle games, which is my husband and Anna's husband, and sometimes I'm featured on there. So, yes, go watch some video games. <laughs> <laughs> we have plugged chortle games a couple times in the past, so that is a great reminder for everybody. Yes, so definitely check them out. Well, we really loved having Lee Allison on. She is a wonderful friend and a wonderful, uh, what is, isn't it bibliophile is like people who are really into books? Yes, she definitely is. She's very well read. I noticed during the podcast, very good storyteller. I was enthralled. I know. She's so good. I was thinking that too. I was, I was very intrigued, which like, I know she's already a good storyteller and then in her job I think she also like gives like information to people so yeah crushing it I think I even got chills at one point (laughs) (laughs) it's just too good Yeah, I did want to add that speaking of books, I forgot to mention this while Lee Allison was on with us, but she's also a big Jane Austen fan. Yeah. And actually both of her cats are named Darcy and Bingley. So there you go. She loves Jane as well and especially Pride and Prejudice. So I can relate. Also, this is just on the same while we're talking about Jane Anna and I are in a Facebook group for Pride and Prejudice but they we talk about all things Jane Austen and I will say I love the group excellent group of people yes yeah excellent. unlike the big brother group that we were in and subsequently unjoined <laughs> yeah 
oh my gosh, I am not sorry at all to say that Big Brother group on Facebook sucks. <laughs> like, goodness, it was just like, you ask one question and then people like verbally and personally attack you. Yes. I'm like, whoa now, let's calm down. <laughs> it's, we're okay. It was a constant place of negativity in there, so we left. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be a fun place to get you know, info on the season and I I regretted it quickly. Not so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the other hand, the amazing race group we are in, a very great group. Love the people in it. Yes. Very positive. Definitely there are disagreements as far as challenges or teams, sure. people like, whatever, but it's all very friendly and I just I appreciate it. Yes, that. and respectful. And that group is great, too, because there are a lot of race alumni who are in there, which is really fun because sometimes they'll comment on like a post and give like some fun information that like you didn't know. Yeah, it's amazing how many former contestants are in there and will interact. And that's just super fun. Well, good stuff. I guess we will transport ourselves to the land of fantastical Phil Kogan and racing extravaganza. (laughs) We love it. We love it. (laughs) So the Amazing Race episode this week opens with they're going to Berlin, Germany. Heyo. And they're on a train all together. So is the Great Equalizer, which personally, I like equalizers. I think that helps a lot of people on the race. And just kind of like, you know, mixes it up a little bit, uh, which is always really fun. I agree. I think it's good when it can kind of reset everything and everybody starts on a level playing field. Now, have you, haven't you been to Berlin? I have been to Berlin, Germany before. Did you recognize anything? Did you do the teledisco while you were there? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I went with my parents, so (laughs) no. (laughs) But... That was that. Uh, when was that? That was like three years ago, I think, that we went. So I wasn't like a child or anything. So we definitely could have done the teledisco. But yeah, like my dad's um, dream is to go was to go to Germany. Uh, my, a lot of my dad's side of the family is from Germany, so that was like a lifelong dream of his. So yeah, we like made it happen and did a whole tour around Germany and some other countries. So it was a blast. Berlin's such an interesting city, kind of like they talk about on the race, just the amount of like people who aren't originally from Berlin, but it brings them there for whatever reason. And just the amount of history and culture and stuff like that is always really interesting to learn. Um, of course we did the east side gallery while we were there which is part of the berlin wall which is like where they go first whenever they get there but yeah so they take a taxi i believe to the east side gallery and then do the teledisco which looks like a lot of fun in a very tight space a little claustrophobic oh yeah i i thought that looked really fun and definitely a challenge we could do i no problem we could have fun (laughs) for sure we have been to tau in las vegas so we know (laughs) how to party oh my gosh yeah the best thing is that when we say we you have to say it like that tau (laughs) 
to town <laughs> where we got like what a $20 vodka soda or something ridiculous like I'm gonna eat every piece of ice in this vodka soda because it was like a dollar a cube <laughs> yeah that was a fun time for sure so yeah we could nail the teledisco okay yeah four euro we could oh we could totally do yeah that. and you get the souvenir photo right that's fun well i was very entertained when they had to drive a trabant yes literally like a historical clown car yeah i didn't think some of that like uh gary was struggling to get in there <laughs> um not made for super tall people i feel like it was so cute um i would have been nervous to drive that like i don't ever think it's a great idea if you have to get behind the wheel of a vehicle that first you got to read paper instructions on how to drive yes <laughs> And for me personally, if I'm in a rush, I'm not going to read the manual. (laughs) Just being completely honest. Like there are times when like, you know, you get something in the mail and you're just like so excited to put it together that I don't even look at any of it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it works out and sometimes it really doesn't. So I feel like in that sense, I'd be like, let's just figure it out and let's just try to go. I know. I'm the same way. I like to just figure it out as I go. So I can picture it now. Like you hop behind the wheel of the Trabant and we're just like, let's just go for it. Let's just try to get out of here. We'll figure out the gears and the brakes later. (laughs) We just need to know the gas pedal is to go straight forward. Exactly. It's fine. Yeah. Okay, am I wrong? Of course, Will was struggling to drive it again, which is funny. Him and his stick shifts, but right, the gears were up by, like, the gear shift was up by the steering wheel, but aren't there cars yeah. like that here? Oh, kind of like, like, if you drive, like, a, like, a Suburban or something, it has, like, the pull lever. Yes. Is that what you're talking about? To go from, like, park to... Yes. <laughs> Sorry. I had a... <laughs> <laughs> I had a train of thought. We're going to take it if that's cool with you. Uh-huh. Uh, Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh, the Prindle. <laughs> Prindle. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. Okay. Oh my gosh. Anyway. Yes, the Prindle is still with me to this day. How about the radio? Do you want um or foom? <laughs> I can okay I I'm sorry no I love that but yes exactly like that the Prindle is up by the steering wheel <laughs> because actually for work I mentioned I've been traveling so I was driving a rental car and it's like the XL Yukon like I have 10 kids in the back kind of SUV and it has that lever where you shift and I think pickup trucks do too a lot of the time yeah I feel like that would be it seems like it would be similar like that's how you would change the gears but I guess it just feels weird being in such a small car and it still does it like that and obviously our cars here would still be mostly automatic so um I'm sure it's different but anyway yes but that so that was fun to watch but it seems like everybody got it figured out really in that episode nobody used the yield once again it's just the thing in the background that stays there it's just sitting there they had the roadblock where and i thought this was super interesting so it was at night they had this tall building they had to face forward repel 
down the building while there were these huge letters on a rooftop that were lighting on and off and you had to unscramble the letters. But I guess that was not in the instructions. So nobody knew you had to do that until you were already like done. Yeah, like the roadblock, I feel like I could do that. Like it would be scary to do the front face like repel. But I don't know if I could scramble (laughs) like letters while I'm doing that. And also, I don't know if I would get to sauerkraut. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like if we knew that going in, I would totally say you would be the one to do it because you were like the spelling bee champion. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Never forget. That was interesting to me that that was something they had no warning about, I guess. Um, yeah, I think yeah. either one of us would be fine with heights. Like, it looked fun to me, but I guess, like, I, I w- I'm not in their position, so I can't judge, but I guess you're just, like, so distracted by the fact that you're, like, falling off a building, basically, that you miss the letters. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, I was like, okay, but these are, like, really big flashing things at you. Random letters. <laughs> right. It's not, like, a street sign that's going on and off. Like, this is, like, really weird. Yeah. So, I was caught off guard that, like, no one noticed, really. Yeah. Right. But yeah, like obviously people were repelling down a building, so I'm not going to judge <laughs> judge them there. I think it would have been a little bit tricky because those are weird letters and you would have to stop and think I'm in Germany, but it's not going to be a German word that I've never heard there. Like that would be impossible for me to do. It was tricky and it was interesting that things seemed to be getting a little bit more serious now that we were down to seven teams that people were deciding like Mm -hmm. who to help and who not to help. You had like hung and chi wait for D'Angelo and Gary so she could just give him the clue. Yes. Then you had Riley and Madison wait for Will and James mm-hmm. to give them the answer. So it's a very evident like yeah. moment for the alliance but as Phil said we've never seen people just wait on someone else to give them the answer yeah and to me that's not the kind of alliance that I would want to where I'm expected to stop everything that I'm doing to help you obviously if the shoe were on the other foot I would want you to wait (laughs) to tell me but that kind of expectation because then it's it's like what happened to Hung and Chi you know you get done with the challenge first and then it so happens that Gary and D'Angelo get your taxi and, you know, fast forward, not the actual like game term, but (laughs) they win the leg and it's kind of like, well, if you wouldn't have waited, you know, what would have happened in that situation? Mm -hmm. You never know. So I think that kind of opened Hung and Chi's eyes to kind of like, okay, maybe this alliance thing has kind of run its course and... We need to start thinking about ourselves. I guess hung probably in the moment you have D'Angelo saying like, can you wait for me and give me the answer? And so you're just like, okay. Oh yeah. You know, and it's one of those things you realize kind of after you've already promised, like that's not really a good idea. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. But you don't want to go back on yeah. it. So I, I felt for yeah. her there. One of those heat of the moment. Right. Yeah, right. for sure. And from the previews, it looks like D'Angelo and Gary are at least coming across like they are not helpful to the alliance where they're more takers than givers. I'm not really sure how much of that is perception or whatever, but as far as the taxi, I don't, it did not seem intentional. Like we know this is the only one and we're taking it from you because right. Yeah. The way 
like their demeanors were like, oh, wow, they didn't get one. Like, I feel like they thought it was just like a line of taxis there. Yeah, I, di- I didn't get that impression either that it was like somehow malicious or anything. But I can understand, you know, they're frustrated because it's like, if we didn't help them, then we would have a taxi and wouldn't be going through all of this. So. Oh, yeah. I think it was fair for them to feel that way. Detour, belt it out, or belch it out. Both of these looked so fun. <laughs> I laughed. <laughs> they did. They looked so funny. Honestly, in our hypothetical race situation, I feel like we would do better with beer yoga. I agree. Okay, cool. Because we both do yoga and we both kind of drink beer, so. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like that one would more so play into our strengths. I agree. I think we could have done cabaret. Yeah. I know it would have been harder for me. Uh I do kind of have an auditory processing problem sometimes. For either something in my brain or my ears. I don't know. But I struggle with that sometimes. So I feel like I could get it for sure. And especially it being in a song would definitely help me because I think anytime you learn, especially like a foreign language, if you learn a song, it's so much easier than if you're just trying to like recite a poem or something. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure we would have gotten it and it would have been really funny to to wear those chicken outfits. But yeah, I think our skill set is more for beer yoga. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I agree. We could have gotten it. You know, back in the day, I was, I had some sort of like fascination phase for a little while with German and German things. So I have the German Rosetta Stone. (laughs) So I knew some of those words they were saying. I didn't know that. Yes. So I could, I could have at least maybe done that. I don't know, but I feel like that would have taken longer than the beer yoga. It was like all of those poses, the names weren't that hard if you do yoga. It's like instead of sun salutation, it's beer salutation and it's the same move. Yes. So since you are, yes. we're are we would already be familiar with the moves, it wasn't that crazy. Like whenever Gary and D'Angelo with the salutation were like, wait, that's just one move. I'm like, yeah, that's how it is. Yeah, it's a flow. Yeah. Yeah, just kind of, right. Yeah, so yeah. I, th- I thought that one looked like a lot of fun oh yeah for sure um well i would say that kaylin and Haley might be the luckiest team in amazing race history (laughs) oh my gosh yes yet another non-elimination leg the driving was an issue and then unscrambling the letters was an issue which i thought was interesting that it was Haley, right, that did the roadblock? Yeah, I think so. Haley was able to go to the hotel and ask for help Yeah, to unscramble the word, which I thought was really interesting, which, I mean, I guess that's possible if you're, like, within a city setting. And, I mean, I think technically the only person that can't help you is your partner and then, like, you know, the people doing the challenge. Mm-hmm. So... I thought that was interesting because I feel like we don't see that a lot where people are like leaving the roadblock and asking strangers like, hey, can you help me figure out what this word is? Yeah. So that was really different. That didn't even cross my mind as an option. I was like, oh, I guess you mm-hmm. can do that. Like, it, I mean, I guess it makes sense if another team could help you. Why not a stranger? Yeah. So right. that was that was good on her part for sure. Yeah, using your resources. They're a great example of why you should never give up on the race because... Yes, exactly. You 
are not out until Phil tells you that you've been eliminated. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they have a fun, a fun personality and a good relationship and they seem to just have a good spirit about the whole thing. Mm -hmm. I really like that. Yeah. So on to the next episode, we are headed to Kazakhstan, Mm -hmm. which was really cool. Mm -hmm. I did not know that it's the largest landlocked country. So that was interesting. I didn't know that either. That was really cool to learn. Yeah. And am I right that the race has not been to Kazakhstan before? Or did I make that up? I don't remember it ever being there. Okay. What are the odds that Leo would know some of their language. (laughs) Yes, that was so interesting. So is it that he knows Russian? Is that what it was? Because he mentioned he is a teacher and he had students from Kazakhstan, right? He said that he had taught English to some Russian students and some of them taught him Kazakh. I'm not sure how similar that is to Russian, but that's how he knew some of it. And then I, I would assume, he mentioned Russian later, I would assume that a lot of people in Kazakhstan can speak Russian as well. Kind of like people here can speak Spanish a lot. I was like, what are the odds of that? That That's very handy. (laughs) Yeah, that was a very interesting fact. It was, yes. Um, But overall, I really enjoyed this episode. The location. Yes. The challenges. I thought it was super cool. Yes, I... You know, we always talk about that we love being able to see the part of the country that people don't normally get to see. And then you get to learn kind of about the culture of that country. And I feel like we got all of that in this episode. Yes. It's really cool to experience something, even if it's through TV, that you wouldn't normally get to see. Yeah. They had a detour at the Kazakh Film Studio, and they could do Great Con Spy or Knockout Guy. So Great Con Spy, Mm -hmm. they had to watch a fight scene and memorize details of that, or they had to memorize and be a part of a choreographed stunt routine. Okay, the stunt routine looked so freaking cool so fun yes like being a stunt person has got to be like on everybody's bucket list i feel like yeah like just being able to like fake punch somebody or something (laughs) is just sounds so fun uh but even the other side of the detour the what was it? Great Con Spy? Is that what you said? Yeah. Like, that one in itself would be really cool because you're basically watching a movie in real life mm-hmm. and being a part of it. So, I feel like, hypothetically, we could do good with either of those. I don't know. What do you think? I agree. When I was watching it, I was thinking, we could do either one of these and I think be fine. In my mind, mm-hmm. I kind of thought we might be better at the memorizing the scene details, but yes. the stunt one would be more fun. <laughs> I had that exact thought because we are pretty detail oriented. So I feel like we would do pretty well, Uh especially working together, getting that. But yeah, the stunt thing just looked so fun that it's like, oh, it's hard. It would be hard to pass that up. Yeah. I mean, I guess like since there are limited spots at each one, maybe it would have been chosen for us. But yeah. Yeah, that's true. I feel like you would have been kind of upset if you couldn't do the stunt one, you know, but... (laughs) 
Yeah, right. It was really cool either way. And But the memorization thing to me, once you knew what you had to count, I thought it sounded pretty easy. Yeah, and that seemed kind of to be the case with all of the teams who had that, except for Leo and Alana who really struggled yeah. with, it seemed like differentiating between what's a spear and what is like holding a flag right it's kind of the impression that i got that it was they were combining the two Mm -hmm. and and i know that on the race and sometimes like working on a project in real life you can almost get tunnel vision to where once you decide this is it then you can't take a step back unless you actually pause and take a step back and think right now why are we set on this because in my mind I I didn't know why the so five was the correct number of spears I didn't know why it took them Mm -hmm. so long to just go ahead and guess just five that didn't have flags to me right if you counted the ones with flags earlier and then that was wrong, your next option mm-hmm. should be to do the ones without flags first and then go from there. But I guess in that moment, you're not really thinking that clearly or, yeah. you know, you're overthinking it. Right. You're in such a rush and you're just like, okay, just quickly count. Maybe I missed one, so let's count again, mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so unfortunately for them, that ended up putting them in last place mm-hmm. where Kaylin and Haley took their spot. Yeah, even though Leo and Alana must have been there for a while because Haley and Kaylin were able to do the speed bump, which was funny. The <laughs> they had to apply right. prosthetic. That was hilarious. They had to apply <laughs> prosthetic beards to one another and keep them on the whole day. So that really made just everything more interesting. <laughs> yeah. And then they were able to do the memorization challenge and still beat Leo and Alana. Right. So it was not yeah. a great day for them. Also on the. <laughs> Uh, stunt routine I did laugh a lot at Ishwar and Aparna decide to just start yelling every movement (laughs) yes (laughs) because they had gotten like they had I laughed so hard I was laughing a lot because they had failed because apparently they weren't yelling enough so it was just like everything I do I'm gonna grunt or yell and it was (laughs) over exaggerated yeah Yeah. and they're climbing up that like (laughs) the building to jump off of it and they're just like and there's like no one around (laughs) so funny definitely word of the night coined by James Kozik Slay (laughs) yes i laughed so hard (laughs) i loved that that was that was a great one after the detour they had like their root info challenge and it was putting together the yurt decor like the example and so i i don't know if anyone else just had flashbacks to the truck that they had to design where everyone and their mother got it wrong (laughs) Right. This one seemed to go a little better. Yeah, it it did. Definitely. I mean, kind of like they mentioned on the episode, it's like there's always one little detail that a lot of people miss. Mm -hmm. And that ended up being the lamb's head. Mm -hmm. It was a lamb's head, right? Mm -hmm. And just them like looking around like, where is this skull, as they said? And then going to those women who are cooking it and then being like Kaylin and Haley specifically, who I was thinking of, who were like, can we have that? <laughs> and and it's like you like, again, it's one of those moments where if you're not in that moment, 
you're just like, okay, well, are they just going to give it to you in your bare hands as it comes out of this boiling water? (laughs) (laughs) But in that moment, you're just like, yeah, they're just going to give it to us because we're asking. Or, oh, is it not finished cooking yet? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love it. Well, what did you think about Kaylin and Haley getting to the yield and Will and James and Riley and Madison urging them (laughs) to yield Leo and Alana? Uh, Okay. I had, as per usual, mixed opinions. (laughs) Right. Right. I don't think I'm like upset with anybody, but I kind of questioned Haley and Kaylin doing that mainly because Mm -hmm. first of all they are peer pressured into yielding leo and alana oh absolutely and again i understand it's hard in the moment when you have like multiple teams telling you y'all need to do it you need the time Mm -hmm. you know they're the only team behind you you need to do it and i can see where if we were in their position that would be hard like the people pleasing side of us and be like oh i guess we should yield them and, but this is yeah. also where it gets tricky when you have to kind of decide between the game and a friendship. Yes. Another layer is I feel like in the first episode of the night, they foreshadowed this coming because True. Leo did not really help the blondes with the roadblock. And I feel like after that, they felt like, okay, we don't have to help them anymore yeah kind of like their deed is done right i feel like that kind of played into it but at the same time they got to the yield saying no we're not going to do it like they went with they were going with their Mm -hmm. gut their instinct was to not yield them they just didn't want to do that to them and then they ended up doing it so i don't know i i yeah i get it but at the same time I was also thinking, like, this is something you would definitely not have time to process in that moment. But, like, the other teams encouraging them to yield, it was not for the blonde's benefit. You know, it was not. Oh, no. It was, and I feel. Not at I all. I feel like they felt that way. Like, because of mm-hmm. the way, especially the way James was saying it, was like, it's going to take you time. You need the the extra time this is the only one well if you would stop and think about it will and james have an agenda against leo and alana so right because they fear that they may be u-turned later down the road by them because they u-turned them before correct also they want the blondes to burn their yield True. And now technically they're the only team not in the alliance. Mm-hmm. So everybody else still has their yield and one more time to use it. Right. So like I said, they didn't have time to think through all of that. But it was not for their benefit to get Leo and Alana out. And so I understand why they did it. And I'm not mad at them for doing it. But at the same time, I don't know that they had to do it. But maybe they did. I don't know. And I, I'm kind of getting flashbacks to Big Brother 22, where we have this big alliance, the committee alliance, Everyone's pretty sure that they're all working together, but for some reason, the people who are not in the alliance keep getting picked off for what, you know, and not necessarily this is not a voting kind of deal. So, you know, a lot of these people 
got out because of certain decisions they made or circumstances that were not in the Alliance's control. So it's definitely not a, a carbon copy situation. But like with something like this, it'll be really interesting because if for some reason Kaylin and Haley don't make it after this leg, it's kind of like, okay, when is the Alliance going to fall in on each other? And with the U-turn coming and I I get, is there two more yields left? Is that right? I think that's what it said. Yeah, either two or one. So yeah, that's going to be something. It's true. It's going to, it's already kind of falling apart. And I'm curious if kind of that core group of three will make it to the final three. Yes. I was bummed to see Leo and Alana go. I did like them as a team and I think they have a good relationship. I was bummed to see them go out partially because of a yield, but even they said it was because of the detour. Like they really fell way behind because of the detour. And so (laughs) I know we always say we hate to see a team go out like that, but (laughs) I think... Yeah. I think this was an example of more of like a like a better way to go out. It's because really you only have yourself to blame. Right. Even though that still yeah. is. Which sometimes yeah. is. <laughs> it's bad. But <laughs> yeah, sometimes that's a tough pill to swallow. At the same time, it can make it a little easier. And I think especially with it being a detour, I feel like you can't self-deprecate as much because it's not a roadblock. Mm-hmm. So you have your partner there with you. And it's like, we both couldn't figure it out. Exactly. And to me, I think that would be a little more of a relief, kind of like, okay, well, at least I didn't let my partner down by just not being able to do something. Oh, yeah. Like, we went down together. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Went out in a big ball of flames. (laughs) Uh, Well, Will and James won that leg. And since we name dropped Tao earlier... They won a trip to Vegas and... Probably have not been yet. Correct. (laughs) Um, And a stay at the Venetian, which is where we stayed. And that's where Tao is located. Yes. (laughs) So beautiful. Oh my gosh. Probably we had this discussion before on um, on our trip that we took recently, I think that's the nicest place I've ever stayed at and probably ever will stay at. (laughs) Yeah. Is the Venetian. Yeah, it's a beautiful place. I would highly recommend. I think it's your best option in Vegas. So go for it. Beautiful. I personally am super excited for what's up coming on amazing race are you are you talking about what uh what phil teased about the mega leg yes mega leg oh my gosh that's so exciting mega leg sounds like like a (laughs) like a transformer that you want on your side you know (laughs) (laughs) exactly you got optimus prime in one corner and mega leg in the other That's going to be such a fun episode, though. It's double the detours, double the roadblock, Mm -hmm. double the fun. I'm sure double the drama as well. I cannot wait. As super fans, I know we are. We just love when they do something like this. It's like we're changing the game a little bit, but not really. We're just amplifying. It's kind of like the triple eviction. Right. Yeah. It's something different, but not drastic. Yes. It's just like, wow, we're intensifying was already great right. so yeah i'm super excited and i kind of hope people stop helping each other on the upcoming legs and in mega yeah. leg it kind of breaks people apart <laughs> I, th- I think that's a good comparison though as far as like the double eviction triple eviction kind of deal yeah it's gonna be whew, it's 
gonna weed out some people maybe oh yes i cannot wait me either it's gonna be good gonna be good (laughs) well thank you so much for listening to this episode let us know what you think about this prequel book that we talked about And if you've ever read the Hunger Games trilogy, we'd love to hear your thoughts and opinions on it. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe. We are available pretty much everywhere you can find a podcast. (laughs) So (laughs) we're very happy about that. So be sure to connect with us on Instagram and Twitter. Shoot us an email. We love to hear from everybody and love to interact with our friends i don't really know if we can call people fans so more friends i think (laughs) um yeah so yeah be sure to let us know what you think uh if you have any ideas for future episodes or if you have any recommendations for things that you want us to talk about in the future please let us know we definitely want to hear from you definitely and as always send us your drink recommendations especially apparently if it's cider we love that we drink that a lot (laughs) Yeah, we do. <laughs> we have a brand, but we are open to trying anything. Oh, yeah. So hit us the up. The sky's the limit. Yes. <laughs> as long as it's within legal confines. Right. And it's available in Mississippi. That's a, that's a hill you have to overcome. So <laughs> until next time, I'm Callan. I'm Anna. And I'm Lee Allison. And may the odds be ever in your favor. I'm leaving that in there for sure.